Tonight on Rogue Padron, we're going to discuss the Rogue One trailer and the Poe Dameron comic extravaganza. And that starts with an X, not with an E. So. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> it's more extreme that way. <clears throat> Extra vaganza. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. Danny. <laughs> Thank you for saying bag, actually. (laughs) (laughs) This is so weird. Whatever. (laughs) So many vaganza. (laughs) (laughs) So is it just one X at the beginning or three X's? Probably three X's. That's probably correct. Because it is Kodameron we're talking about. Exactly. Yep. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. listeners i'm sure you're so excited to listen to today's episode but first a reminder of your hosts and an introduction of our special guest today so if rogue padron was in a coffee shop alternative universe we have Heath. <laughs> <laughs> i've been reading a lot of fan fiction we have Heath, <laughs> rogue three who would be the sassy career barista who makes beautiful latte art despite not being kind to any of the customers yes that sounds about right <laughs> We have Danny, Rogue Six, who's the part-time barista who can only work in the afternoons because he tends to hold up the lines by getting into long discussions with customers. (laughs) I don't get it. Don't worry about it. We have (laughs) Rogue Seven, who's a regular who comes in and uses the Wi-Fi for six hours, even though she only buys one coffee throughout the day. But we allow it because she's cute. (laughs) Good. I mean... That's actually what I do, so you're not wrong. <laughs> Say, that one's not an alternate universe. <laughs> regular universe. And we have special guest Sarah Dempster from 1138, who is the regular that demanded we stay open later and serve beer and wine in the evenings so she could come and hang out with the cute regular who steals the Wi-Fi. Yep, oh. sounds about right. I ship yep. it. <laughs> Team Safra. <laughs> you all ship it. <laughs> Yes. And I'm Meg, rogue leader. Obviously, I'm the grumpy owner of the cafe who pretends she can't deal with these youths, but really loves them. Oh, I'm older than you. <laughs> Not by that much. <laughs> <clears throat> oh. oh <laughs> speaking, speaking of... Go on. Speaking of long, awkward silences, I have a rogue one question. Um... <laughs> So, did you all see the trailer? No. What trailer? No. What? Okay, we're going to pause to watch the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> the editor will probably insert the trailer here. State your name for the record. Jin Erso. Forgery of imperial documents. Possession of stolen property. Aggravated assault. Resisting arrest. On your own from the age of 15. Reckless, aggressive, and undisciplined. This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. We have a mission for you. A major weapons test is imminent. We need to know what it is and how to destroy it. Is that clear? Yes, sir. What will you do when they catch you? What will you do if they break you? If you continue to fight...
Wow, yes, how cool was that trailer, you guys? Oh my oh, god. Oh my god. I can't Remember. believe Snoke is right there. <laughs> I can't believe we found out who Ray's parents are. <laughs> Crazy that they would give that away. In a trailer, nonetheless. <laughs> so, what do you think? <laughs> I'm in love with Jin. Yes. Actually, yeah. I'm still freaking out over Mon Mothma. Yeah. Yes, me too. I'm very happy about Mon Mothma. Like, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Though, in retrospect, it seems pretty obvious. Yeah, I was talking about that with someone else, and I was like, we should have seen that coming, but for some reason, we just didn't. Now, we just need Jimmy Smits, and it will be perfect. Oh, my God. I would literally cry if that happened. I will cry if it doesn't happen. (laughs) I will cry either way. Okay, well, let's let's run down the trailer here, then. <laughs> um, so, the trailer opens with our introduction to Jin Erso. Erso? 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 Jin. I don't know if you're a British accent or not, I guess. So, it opens with Jin, who is walking through a rebel base that looks an awful lot like Yavin. I think it well, is. it could be. I think it is. You think so? Yeah. I mean, if this is supposed to be taking place, like, weeks before A New Hope, that's... Yavin is clearly where they are. Yeah. yeah. Right? That makes sense. It was I. It was really cool, I thought, that we're like back in a setting from the original trilogy. Because oh we, we've, gone, I... we've gone back to like planets, but we've never like gone back to a setting in the time frame when one of these movies was. So I thought that was really cool that we're like, we're going to see that same thing up on the screen. I don't know. Yep. You know that like actually is what I'm kind of really excited about. Because this one feels like coming home to Star Wars in a way that, like, I mean, Force Awakens kind of did, but not, like, nearly in the same way, just aesthetically, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Instead of being a planet that is, a, like, a clone of Yavin, we're going back to Yavin. Yeah. And not because we're introducing some new characters decades later who happen to magically be on the same planet in the very wide galaxy. It's like, we're going back to the same place for the same thing, which is yeah. exciting. It strikes like, me that a good reason for it. It strikes me that Rogue One is a prequel in much more of a truer sense of the word than the prequels ever will be, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it literally is yeah. telling yeah. the events that lead up to <laughs> A New Hope. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, the narration in the background is telling us a little bit about our main character here. She's got a bunch of knocks against her, such as aggravated assault. And resisting arrest, and so uh, and forging learning, imperial documents. Forging I like imperial that part. Documents. We're learning a lot about this Same. character. Of of the first I really like fifteen second introduction. What is your impression of Jin? That she is awesome, and I want I'm to kinda... marry her. <laughs> Same. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm really excited that it looks like we're getting like a lady anti anti hero for the movie. You know, yeah. you don't get to see, yep. you don't get to see that a lot, and I that's what I'm really looking forward to at this point in time. That could change, obviously, as we get more trailers, but, you know, yeah. Cool. I do wish they were getting a bit more um, creative with their female leads a little bit more than, you know, a white girl with brown hair. Like, I love that they're doing this, but also there are women that do look different to that. Yeah. In real life and in Mm -hmm. Star Wars. So I'm sort of like, she's cool. She looks awesome. But also they could have been a bit more diverse there. I know, and that's such a shame because the rest of the cast is like so diverse, glorious. Know? Yeah, like gloriously yeah. so. But it's still we've, like all the girls are still white. They're all kind know? of clones. Yeah, maybe that'll actually be a plot twist in one of the standalones. If they're all <laughs> actually clones. Every oh single female in the Star Wars galaxy is actually just a clone. <laughs> <laughs> a, a clone of Padme. Oh my god! I mean. They could be a clone of worse right. people, so, you know, I'd be down with <laughs> yeah. that to a certain extent. Literally every woman is a Skywalker. <laughs> no. Oh <my> no. <laughs> Even the aliens. Oh. Gotta go. <laughs> so, we meet Jin, and then probably the most surprising moment of the trailer for all of us was the sudden reveal of Mon Mothma, which, as you already said, Seth, really shouldn't have been that big of a surprise, why didn't we see that coming? I'm not sure. Yeah. But there it was, and we all went, oh my gosh. It's kind of nice that it was a surprise. Like, if we'd been expecting it, like, if we'd been like, Moth, Moth, Mon Mothma has to be in this movie, um, and then she hadn't been there, that would have been, like, 
sad. And also, if we expected her to be there and then we saw her, we were like, oh, well, there she is. Good. They did that. They did not leave her out. Well, they didn't leave yeah. her out. Um, and so having her as a surprise was kind of nice because it was like a pleasant surprise, even though we should have seen it coming. We we're like, oh, yay, there she is. Yeah. And I really love it's the same actress from Revenge of the Sith, too. Is that mm-hmm. confirmed? Yeah. 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 Awesome. <clears throat> yeah. We also, in that scene in the room, we got a quick shot of Diego Luna. Uh, I don't know. Uh, is is he oh the, the Oscar Isaac of this so, movie, do you think? So into Diego Luna. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Pretty. oh, Meg. Whoa. I had to like I had to lay down for a moment and like recover yeah. from that. Yeah. He, oh geez. Just mm. So he we was giving me like, like I know that everybody when the when that first promo picture came out was like, Oh my gosh, he looks like Biggs, you know, with the mustache and everything, but he was actually giving me some serious wedge Antilles vibes in oh, the trailer. Ugh. And I think I I don't want him to be wedge, like I want him to be somebody new. But if he's somebody who's similar to Wedge, I'd be down. Yeah, I feel he gave off the vibes of how we know Wedge in these books. Yeah. Um, Not necessarily Wedge in the movies because he doesn't have that large of a presence (laughs) or a distinctive presence. But like Wedge in these books where he's fully confident and like kind of cocky and um, just knowing what he's doing. And I am 100% here for that. Yes. We didn't learn anything about his character besides the Doesn't fact matter. that he appears to be uh, Felicity Jones's Attractive. like sidekick for the mission. He looked mm-hmm. to me like he was somebody already in the Alliance or in the Rebellion. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and he's like kind of her handler to make sure she doesn't like run away or something. Because I think that the reason that they're they're drafting her into this mission is like they have something that they're holding over her, but they also know she's like the best person to lead this team or whatever. And he's there to make sure she doesn't like run off the moment she's got the opportunity mm-hmm. yeah so it's basically dark just recycle. kind of yeah Aww. i guess but, <laughs> but like the first half where it's fun okay right. yeah <laughs> yes good um so we got some awesome action scenes so that we were able to confirm that Jin is a strong female character because she took out a bunch of stormtroopers without batting an eyelash and therefore she must be ray's mom right because Obviously. that explains how Ray was able to be so uh. powerful without any reason whatsoever. Okay, well, well, to be that's fair, genetic. To be fair, <laughs> Jin was fighting against original trilogy stormtroopers, and we know how terrible shots they are. That's true. So, oh, very good point. Is, is, is it is it is it really that much of an accomplishment? I'm just throwing that out there. It might yeah, it might not be actually. I need to see her take on something else. Just like. I want to see her take on one of those walkers by herself, and then we'll oh then we'll God. talk. She probably could. <laughs> She probably could, let's be real. Jin versus an at at. Believe it. You mean an AT AT? Yeah. At at. Oh gosh. <laughs> are we a podcast divided on this? We are. <laughs> I think so. I think oh so. no. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, I rebel. I'm team. It doesn't matter either way. <laughs> I'm team. Okay, let's not that. talk about it because <laughs> mom doesn't want to deal with this. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> so the line, probably the most significant line from the trailer is Jin's line where she says, I rebel. Come on. I love cheesiest it. Cheesiest line ever. I love it. line ever. It's a Star it's so Wars. Cheesy. cheese all over the place. I don't care. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like thinking about that just for a moment. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm just thinking about how much I love her. Like, when she says that <laughs> line, every time I hear it, my heart just speeds up a little bit. Right? <laughs> yeah. That was the moment where I'm like, yep, that costume's happening. <laughs> so, next up is the <laughs> Death Star, or the reference to it anyway. Um, and we, we get some shots of things like Death Star, Star Destroyer. We see some Imperial Guards. We get the... Um, the giant walkers, however you want to pronounce them. Lots of original trilogy Star Wars-y things from the Imperial side. Any thoughts on all of these different shots? The reveal of the Death Star was the absolute greatest thing I think I've ever seen. So good. I was Just so like... confused by like <laughs> the the dark, like three times. To- I had to watch the trailer three times before I realized what was happening. Like I understood what was happening as soon as you see the dish, but before mm-hmm. you see the dish, it's just like space is just like taking over or like retreating and i was like what's happening i'm so confused by this shot and every time i watched it i was just confused by it until i remembered that it's like a shadow that's Mm -hmm. moving because the dish is moving because i'm not a wise person who just can't figure this stuff out i have like object no object permanence apparently (laughs) okay 
It was just like, I thought that was so cool because you think it's just the Star Destroyer against the starry background, and then boom, it's actually the Death Star. Yep. Yeah. So good. Um, there's a dude. He says, is that clear? Um, I don't know if he's important. He seemed important, so that's why I put him <laughs> in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like some rebel dude. I don't know. Rebel dude. Oh, more so important than that is that maybe there's this blaring alarm going on and boy that was that was loud that was something at 7:45 in the morning <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> it was i think 5 a.m for me when i watched it i've already yeah, heard that, that was multiple like remixes of the soundtrack with like using the alarm as like a dance beat it's pretty rad <laughs> i liked it because it was the same klaxon noise like from the death star so it was that was just like more Oh my gosh, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. More original trilogy consistency. Yes. Although it was a little bit sped up. But I just noticed these things. <laughs> I thought there was something wrong with my TV at first. I really, like, <laughs> it, it took a couple of seconds for me to be like, oh, okay, that's part of it. I'm warning, not... warning. Too right. much awesome on this screen. Cannot handle. Warning, warning. <laughs> Pretty much. When the alarm starts, we've got this quick shot of the rebel hangar and i think this is maybe our only glimpse of an x-wing in this entire trailer no you can see mm -hmm. a crashed one i think in yep. the background somewhere yeah oh. in the in yeah. the scene so with, with the sword or the staff fighting okay yeah still, so there is a crashed x-wing too trailer for a movie called rogue one and we didn't see any x-wings flying through the sky did are are we are we off track here do you think potentially but mm. i kind of saw this coming yeah I also think those are the shots that require the most CGI work, and oh, they might point. just not be ready. Yeah, that's fair yeah. too. I don't know because I, I, I kind of go back and forth on whether I think it's actually going to be like an X-wing movie-ish. Yeah. You know, just because it seems to be setting itself up more as a like espionage heist film. Mm -hmm. So they're obviously not going to be you know flying around in snub fighters that everybody knows the rebellion uses. You know, right? It'd be, yeah. it'd be cool if they were, but. I, don't know. I, I think Rogue Squadron kind of was infiltrating in the latest book, so I mean it could be kind of similar yeah. to that, and that they could fly the X wings, but also they are going to infiltrate. That's and true. I mean it kind of helps because we see her like in the last shot; she's wearing kind of like a Tie Fighter outfit, right? That is true. Mm -hmm. So she is like apparently a pilot. We get that impression, so she probably could be an X wing pilot too. Yeah, I have a feeling we'll see these characters in X wings, although it won't be the main focus. Sure. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. Cool. Um, we we got a quick glimpse of our imperial villain, and everyone is talking about his cape. Um, oh, his cape! We is saw amazing. him walking so good. I'm going to cosplay him. Shallow water with his cape uh, getting soaking uh, wet and not a care in the so world. Good. What is going on with it this looks guy? So good. That gave me so did. much anxiety. I got. Doesn't so much he know anxiety. that white gets like see through when it turns wet? Like, come on, he dude. Sure does. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the aesthetic, Danny. It doesn't matter what happens later, as long as it looks good right then. It looks good. I mean, it looks that, very that is a very imperial mindset. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a very hipster mindset. Yeah. Well, and, and assuming he's assuming that you know the white uniform is going to translate to Grand Admiral or some other high-ranking position like it did in Legends. I mean, he's probably rich enough he could probably afford like a cape for every hour of the day. He's like, yeah, whatever. It's almost noon anyway. I need to change into my noon cape. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is his water treading cape. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just surprised they made Thrawn a human. Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> Moving right along, <laughs> as as we move quickly into the end of the trailer, we just get a whole lot of awesomeness all at once. We see Forrest Whitaker's character. Didn't really learn anything about him, but he appears to be someone in a position of authority, training Jen before her mission. Um, we see her undercover at the Imperial base. We see stormtroopers, martial arts. So many things happening. Any thoughts on the end of the trailer? That was a really that, beautiful shot that it ended on. Yeah. yeah. So pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to point out it's Donnie Ying, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, he's so cool. Donnie like <laughs> like he looks like he's playing a blind character as well, which is really cool. Yep. Yes, for yeah. sure. Like I'm all for dis disabled characters in Star Wars. Like this is what I want. Yeah, which like slight tangent. That's why I hope Kanan in Rebels, you know, mm -hmm. his eyesight loss is a permanent thing. Could it yes. be cool to have a hero? Oh, no, people are going to think he's Kanan. 
Duh. People, I think, have already started oh, asking. Yeah, I've, I've seen Freddie Prince Jr. has been dealing with that on Twitter for like a week oh, now. No, I've seen it. Oh, Ugh. it's dumb. Nah, <laughs> there's only don't you know? There's only one blind person nah, in all Star Wars. <laughs> has he met, has he met the, the one woman? There's <laughs> uh, yeah. like three women now. Oh, you're right. Three. That's why. The, that's why, other, like, right? the man children are so upset. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's save let's save that topic for another day. But <laughs> I also want to comment on the ver- the music at the very end. Like, holy wow, that gave me chills. The Imperial March oh slash Force gosh. theme mashup. Like, first okay. of all, those themes mixed together perfectly. Why has no one ever done this before? It's so perfect. Right? Right? Oh, Second man. of all, why are they using the Force theme in a movie that's supposed to be absent of the Force? They never said it would be absent of the Force. They said there'd be no Jedi. Also, I feel like the, the Force theme is is the Star Wars theme. Yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, it's nominally like the Force theme slash Luke's theme, but it's just kind of also the heroic theme as kind, well. Kind of like Hedwig's theme, like, is, is <laughs> it happens when Hedwig is on screen, but it also just is what we associate with all of Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like like the the casual fans and the people who don't really know Star Wars that well, they'll recognize it. They're like, oh, it's a Star Wars theme, rather than be like, oh, yeah. it's the Force theme. And if they miss that, then it says a Star Wars story under every piece of marketing ever for this movie. <laughs> oh, I know. I just even. Oh, it's so painful to read on like the Facebook post because they have to do the whole title. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. so clunky. I mean, I'm I'm kind of into it. I've gotten it's grown on me, and so I'm so like it's cute. It's cute. But at some point over the rest of the year, I'm probably going to be like, this is not cute anymore. Please stop. Also, I mean, even if it was still an anthology film, I would still just like Star or Rogue One, a Star Wars anthology, I'd still just call it Rogue One. Also, I think 17 movies down the line when we get to, <laughs> I don't know, Pondo Baba, a Star Wars story, like <laughs> it's just going to get old. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that last year as we got really close to the release of TFA and after the release they stopped on social media calling it Star Wars The Force Awakens and just went to The Force Awakens I have a feeling we'll see something similar come December because they gotta build a name recognition right people just like for now people need to just start understanding that Rogue One is a Star Wars story and they're just gonna put it together every single time but I think come late fall, we might start to see a shift where they're not using it every single time. Well, and it might also be, I just thought about this thing, it might also be because they want to make sure that everyone's clear it's not the TFA sequel. Yeah, you know? that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, not Episode 8. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I mean, say, I know that I had at least marketing, like... Star Wars like Episode 8, in this the sequel to <laughs> The Force Awakens. Yeah, I've had like at least three different people text me being like, wait, is Rogue One the sequel? And I was like, no. It's going to be good, though, but it's not the sequel. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually surprised in the trailer they didn't make that more explicit with, like, I mean, I feel like we've talked about this before. It can be a quick, like, a year before Luke Skywalker destroyed the original Death Star just to, like, set it in that time and place. Um, And I I think they were hoping that having, like, them finding the Death Star plans, like, or whatever would be enough. But it's obviously not for a lot of people. Right. Well, also, I mean, like, that... the casual fans right now are saying, I can't believe that The Force Awakens... There's a fourth Death Star. Yeah, now we've got a fourth Death Star. Exactly. We're just going to keep yeah. Death Star after Death Star. What is this? Like, yeah. <laughs> non-fans and casual fans think that could easily think that that's just a, a new Death Star that's going to be in the sequel to Force Awakens. I mean, they've done it three times before, so... Right. <laughs> we will see. In Disney, we trust, right? Right. Yeah. A, yep. the, a trailer this far out is really just for the fans anyway. Yep. It's really yep. fine. Yeah. I'm sure in the, like either the next teaser or when we get a full length trailer it'll have a you know, before some, before yeah. Luke Skywalker, blah 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 blah. At some point. And they can even like intersperse the footage of him flying in the trench or something to like make it That'd very cool. clear. That'd be cool. Well, we were all clearly very thrilled about the trailer. We went to Twitter to see what other people had to say. Um, some feedback from our listeners. Mike Audette in all caps said, Jin Urso is life. Same. Yep. Okay. No disagreements there. Hassan said, I like the tone of it, dark and gritty. 
A couple of people said something along these lines, and I was actually surprised. I kind of felt the opposite. I, I thought it looked yeah. less dark and gritty than they were making it out to, to be. So um, interesting to I see different people perceiving it differently, maybe depending on what your expectations were to begin with. It has it has a good balance because it's got that kind of grittiness of battle. Like, it's got that look within it. But it's also still, like, it's not desaturated or, like, super yeah. dark, like, it's visually. It's visually dark. Mm-hmm. It's got the themes yeah. of, like, grittiness in it. But it doesn't visually look that gritty, which is nice because I hate movies that are too dark because I have no goddamn night vision. So I can't yeah. see what's happening on the screen when they're dark. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I think I was going into it expecting the tone to kind of be like Band of Brothers Star Wars style or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it actually wasn't. Then I yeah. guess maybe maybe I like my gritty meter is off because, you know, the dark and gritty superhero movie trend is really big right now. So when you've got, you know, the freaking Batman versus Superman trailer, obviously Star Wars yeah. looks kind of like a walk in the sunny meadow compared to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I remember the concept art that like, came out when they did the panel for Rogue One um, in celebration Uh last year. And it's very, like, it's very dark. It's got the rain and, like, the darkness and the blue and everything. Um, And compared to those concept arts, like, this is a lot brighter. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that it's a DC tone movie set in a Marvel setting. (laughs) Potentially. Hopefully it has more humor, though. (laughs) (laughs) I think it will. At least some. And likable characters. Jay said, also in all caps, because that's a theme for the Rogue One trailer, it restored me to my proper Imperial state, and I love it for that. And then as a side note, he added, I know, you're asking if I wasn't an imp enough already. Oh, Jay. Jay. Jay, That that (laughs) wasn't the question, but okay. (laughs) David said, trailer was fantastic. Mon Mothma revealed just as effective for me as the Rebels season two trailer Rex reveal. Surprised gasp. Matthew Appleby said, I liked how the trailer emphasized the desperation of the rebels' situation without making it seem hopeless. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I agree with that. Yep. I think that's kind of what we were talking about, actually. David Roy said the trailer was awesome, much more gritty. There that is again. And I loved it. Plus, who doesn't love a good heist? I always and love a good heist. Last but not least, well, maybe least, Austin gave us a Wayne Brady <laughs> shaking and shouting yay gif. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Austin. That's how I feel about Diego Luna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Donnie Yen, for two yeah. different reasons. <laughs> and, and Felicity Jones. Yeah. I'm into this cast. I'm very into this cast. Yeah. I'm absolutely. so excited for this cast. Mm. Oh man. Asians. <laughs> well, thank I you. Need everyone. To take, I need to take a moment again. For like it's was... about damn time that they actually had Asians in main roles in a Star Wars movie. I know. Right? Honestly. I was like, I'm trying to think, because yeah, like, the, so far it's only been, like, extras or, you know, kind of, like, minor character roles. Yeah. Like like the queen from um, Attack of the Clones. Right. She's, right. she's, she's Maori? <laughs> so she's from New no, Zealand. No, the, the, that was the one from Revenge of the Sith. Oh, um, that, the different? Oh, yeah, they yeah. are, that's true. It's cool. Because, yeah, because when I was, um, writing my article on intersectionality and stuff, I realized that the queen, the Naboo queen in um, Attack of the Clones, who she's Indian, like um, she's the woman of character with the most screen time in the entire saga. Oh my gosh. Wow. You know who the, you know who the next, the next one is, is the girl who plays Ula. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, out. I'm glad Star Wars is trying to so change. But so just to think on that for a moment. Dang. Well, hopefully we get some <laughs> Woman of Color in the movies coming out. Yes. Yeah, I have a feeling, probably not Rogue One, but it looks like Episode 8 is definitely going to give us a new leader in Woman of Color screen time. Yeah, well, we've, that's true. We've got Jess Pava, too, who's uh, actually yeah. his name. I can't remember right now. Um, um, apparently, as well, there's going to be another woman. I can't remember who it is at all. Like It was so long ago that I got told. Um, who has been cast in Rogue One, but she hasn't been like announced officially or anything, but she's only going to have a small part. So yeah. theoretically, there will be another lady in Rogue One. What? That'll make it three! More than one? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Well, on that really depressing note, <laughs> let's move on to <laughs> wow. much greener pastures. Poe Dameron number one. Yay! So the first episode of the Poe Dameron comic came out last Wednesday. So we're going to spend some time tonight talking through it as if it were our reading for the week. Um, 
we, of course, since it is a Star Wars tale, start with an opening crawl. Um, does someone want to read that? I don't want to read it. I can read it. Seth, read it. All right. Thirty years have passed since the defeat of the evil Galactic Empire, but threats of turmoil are rising. To stem the tide of the First Order, a military force aiming in secret to overthrow the New Republic, General Leia Organa has founded the Resistance Movement. Looking to expand her forces, Organa has recruited the best pilot in the galaxy, Poe Dameron. All caps. Now, with the help of his droid, BB-8, and a squadron of fighter pilots, Poe must act quickly to defeat any threat to the Republic that comes his way, no matter how deadly the risks. Dot, dot, dot. So nothing too surprising there, because we knew this was going to be taking place um, pre-TFA. So First Order is doing some bad bad stuff. Poe has to try to stop it. Um, So we start with Poe and BB-8 doing some daring flying into what appears to be some sort of cave. And BB-8 is picking up a signal of some kind, but Poe's not terribly interested in finding out what it is, because he has other things on his mind, like not dying. Um, and Poe works his way through a little maze only to have a proximity mine detonate in his face. And then he's in the middle of some more fancy flying trying to skip a closing door when we get a flashback to Poe and Leia on Dakar, which made me have lots of happy sigh moments. Um, Can I just say, it is so exciting to see The Force Awakens settings and characters in a comic book. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. yes, this is. is kind of the opposite of what we were just talking about, of, of <laughs> like, seeing the original trilogy on the movie screen. Like, on the comic book page, all we've seen is the original trilogy for the last two years. So it's really exciting mm-hmm. to see some of this new stuff and see yes. a, a general Leia and see Poe Dameron and BB-8. Like, that's just really cool. And, oh, my God, Phil Noto. I like yes. seeing Leia as well. Yes. I always love seeing Leia. But seeing, like, I guess I want to see Leia in a comic. So I was like, yeah, it's Leia, even if she's not, like, a main character in it. She's just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. there to give him the mission. But it was cool seeing her as well in her TFA garb and looking like the badass general she is. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that purple it made, vest. It's really good. It I made she me calls very... it trash man chic, but it looks really nice. <laughs> <laughs> it made me very excited for the Force Awakens adaptation from Marvel. Oh, yes. yeah, I forgot that that's happening. Yeah. Yep. I also like how um, this like story, it, it seems like this flashback, you can see how it picks up directly after that before the Awakening story we discussed. Yes. And I just love mm-hmm. how we're, we're really like piecing together Poe's history here. Like, yep. Between Shattered Empire, before the Awakening, and now this, like we have almost a whole continuous almost a character arc for Poe Dameron. And, you know, by the time this, this first miniseries is done, I think it's supposed to take us up to The Force Awakens, which is yep. also just really cool. And I feel like there are obvious reasons they're not doing that with a character like, say, Rey or Kylo right now, but I hope that eventually once Episode Eight, maybe Episode Nine are out, and we, like, kind of complete their film story arc, that we do mm-hmm. get to go back and get something like this for those characters and find out what they were up to before TFA. Yeah, I think the best that we can hope for for like somebody like Ray or Kylo right now is a similar like sort of short story or mini series, but I can't yeah. I really want to like explore them like yeah. just their backstories and everything. Oh, I'm so excited. Yep. So Leia tells Poe she's not sure Poe understands what's at stake because he spent his entire life in a galaxy where the Empire has already been defeated and he's been able to sort of learn about evil secondhand. But Poe counters and says he's taken on the First Order um, and feels like it should all be a piece of cake because they're not the Empire, not even close. And quick discussion question. How does this sort of jive with TFA where we see a first order that sort of seems to be doing just fine and in a lot of ways rivals the Empire in terms of sheer power? I know for me when I read that line, I was like, mm, I, I don't know about that. Well, they don't know that yet. Yeah. Like, they have some information on the first order, but they don't know that mm-hmm. much about the first order. Like they don't know they have 
Um, Starkiller base. Yeah, circular base, right. or they're as organized as they are. Like, they still think they're kind of a fringe thing. Like, the mm-hmm. fact they even had Star Destroyers in the first place was something they didn't think they had, which is why I think Poe looks so surprised in The Force Awakens to actually be on one, because yep. they're mm-hmm. not supposed to have that level of yep. technology that they do. Yep. Yeah, and, and Leia even kind of says it in the comment, in the comic, you know, because Poe's like, oh, they're not even the Emperor, not even close, or not the Empire. And she goes, no, not yet. Not you know, yet. Obviously, yep. obviously we, we know that they have been building in secret for, like, 30-something years or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think the sense that I've been getting from a lot of the TFA tie-in material is that, like, at best, people think, like, oh, well, they're kind of like the lunatic group, you know, out there in the galaxy, still, like, pissed off that the Emperor died, but, you know, at worst, people are just like, oh, they're, they're nothing to be concerned about, and they don't, no one really regards them as a real threat. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, this is the whole reason Leia broke away, right? Because she has her suspicions. If she was able to Mm -hmm. prove what state the First Order was right now, like, the New Republic would be with the Resistance instead of, like, pretending they don't exist. Yep. I totally agree. So Leia then tells Poe the Resistance has intercepted some intelligence that was supposed to get its way to Supreme Leader Snoke, um, and that intelligence tells the Resistance about... Snoke's plans to search for Luke Skywalker. More happy size that we're getting <laughs> a, at least a mention of Luke in here. Sorry, who's that? Um, Danny. Wow. You're fired. <laughs> I haven't heard that name Dan. in like 30 years. That's Danny. a name I've not heard for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> a long time. Very, so, so good. Um, <laughs> so Leia tells Poe she doesn't know where Luke is, but there's someone who might, and it's Loris Anteca. What? It still makes me sad every time Leia's like, I don't know where he is. I'm like, you're his mm-hmm. sister. Why didn't he tell you? Yeah. Yeah. It's Luke's kind of why a jerk. Being such a, right. It breaks my heart. He's being a dumbass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't know the reasons. Yeah, we don't. No, we better have Luke is bad. Evil Luke. Danny. No. Danny. He wanted don't. to hurt Danny. his sister. Danny, Danny, don't. Danny, no. Okay, but for real, Leia is the most tragic character in all of Star Wars ever. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yeah. and it's still so put together. It's amazing. And God, this art, like, just every, honestly, she's so sad in every single mm-hmm. Like, you can tell the toll that this is taking on her. Yep, oh, the Nick art was really good. Leia describes Lorsanteca as an explorer. He's been all over the galaxy. Not a secret site or Jedi ruin he hasn't seen. He's supposed to be dead, but this holovid shows him alive and older than the last time I saw him. He could still be out there, and if he is, he's our best hope for finding Luke. Two things I thought were interesting in the way Leia's talking about Loris Anteca. Um, she talks about him, how there's not a Jedi ruin he hasn't seen, and also says he's older than the last time I saw him, which I feel like we could we were able to sort of piece together that he knew Leia um, from a lot of stuff, including his line to Kylo in the movie that you, you can't escape the truth that is your family, but confirmed here that Leia and this dude knew each other at some point. Yeah. yeah well, he is. Um. Sorry. He is like confirmed as being part of the Church of the Force, whatever that is. We don't have much information yeah. on that, but so he's a non-Force user who is like believes in the Force and the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So it explains like that why he's gone around looking for the Jedi ruins and probably trying to find more out about the Force and how it works, even though he can't access it himself. Yep. I think he's going to be hugely significant in filling in the backstory of the 30 years between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. I don't necessarily know what role he's going to play, but I feel like we're going to see a lot of him. And I think that just like from a storytelling perspective, that's really cool. Like that's that's kind of a different. I mean, the old EU, we saw the end of Return of the Jedi and then we continued the story of those characters forward. And, And again, this new canon, the way they're doing this is we're introduced to this totally new character. And the very first thing we see is him dying. And, and, you know, now we have the opportunity to learn his life story that, you know, what led up to that point, what led up to him to make that ultimate sacrifice there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well, and, really interesting. And the line that, that sticks out to me when he was talking to Kylo was, I know where you come from. Mm-hmm. So I think that implies that not only does he know Leia, that he knows Ben and might know a lot about or a little bit about, I don't know, something about, you know, his fall. And, you know, maybe yep. kind of what was going on there. And personally, my theory is that he's Alderanian, but that's just because he mm. calls Leia royalty. Mm. Mm. 
I like that. Yes. I would I would be very happy with that. So Leia says Is he Tycho? No. <laughs> Larson Tycho. <laughs> Danny. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Oh, that was that was a stretch right there. That's anyway. what I've known for around here. <laughs> <laughs> Stretching. <laughs> so Leia tells tells Poe that the resistance knows Lor Santek is alive, but the First Order does not. Um, so at some point between this comic and TFA, Kylo does find out because he obviously goes to Jakku to find him. Um, so the Poe then asks Leia what he should do if he doesn't find him, and I love this part. Leia tells Poe he was given this mission because you don't need to be told every little thing. Just get it done. So good. Um, so Poe leaves on the mission, and Leia tells him he can pick a small squadron of four pilots and a technician to go with him, and on the next page we find out who they are. It's Snap Wexley, Carrie Coon, Yay. Lulo, Yay. Jess Pava, Yay. and Adi Muva. I'm sorry, who? I just want to say, like, Kare, whatever her name is, because she's in Before the Awakening, and I'm very excited to see her actually in a comic as well, because I loved her in Before the Awakening. Yes. And so seeing, like, this book character in a comic, when I thought she would kind of just be, you know, like, forgotten for, like, the newer characters who are actually in the movie, it was really exciting for me. And in fact, she's a woman of color. is really cool as well. Yay, woman of color. So excited about that. Was she the one that was, her. If she like, dies, opposite I mean, YOLO? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because his, yeah. like, two co-pilots was, or his two... Whatever other pilots in that was YOLO and Wing then people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the other YOLO. There's two YOLOs. <laughs> so many YOLOs. <laughs> um, I don't like the text that they use for the names in this part, though. <laughs> and later, like it just bothers me so much. Like the font. Yeah, so, that they use? yeah like the font yeah. and the coloring <laughs> is just like yeah. so awful. Like I just really quickly did this in paint, just. Like Microsoft Word. Yeah. That well, everything else is art. great. Yeah, that's, just the word art. I can't, can't yeah. get behind. Yeah, I've I felt that way for a while because that's the same font and everything Marvel uses in all of the Star Wars books oh, when they it? like introduce a location or something. So I guess I didn't even think about it because I'm just used to it by now. But yeah, it's not the best. This is also just like a a classic comic book move, right? Where they're like. There's there's like a page and it's like Professor X talking to Magneto and he's like, you won't believe who I have set up for this mission. And then there's like a full page spread of the X-Men team and it's got each of their names next to them. Yeah. Well, there's like a yeah. I like names, the little so panel of Poe. I like the panel of Poe being like, look at you guys looking good, looking tough. Like, it's mm-hmm. so I read oh that God. in Oscar so Isaac's Yeah. Yeah. That was my favorite line in this whole thing. Look at you guys, looking good, looking tough. Oh, looking so tough. good. <laughs> I want to like photocopy that and like cut it out and put it like at my desk to put move it, it every day. <laughs> Just so. wallpaper the room with it. Yep, on your mirror in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> I have a question to raise, and it's the exact question you would ask. You would expect me to ask, but what's up with Adi Muva? Like, why isn't he Eloasti? I know, I know, because not Elo's all Abenito are the same, but like because Elo is a pilot yeah, and Adi's the technician. Isn't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I just why are there so many Abenito in the galaxy all of a sudden? Where have they been before the Force Awakens? <laughs> I don't understand. Maybe they colonized a new planet and they found they were, all of them. They're like, hey, join the community. They were enslaved by the Empire. Now aren't they? Oh. Were just birthed into existence as a species. <laughs> Sometimes new species just pop up, and everyone's like, "Oh, I guess they're here now." <laughs> it's a big galaxy. I mean, you you never really know. But they look yeah. Well, they I mean, look all like the a cross between like uh, Mon Calamari oh. and like I don't know what's a species that has little face tendrils. Corn. Like if a corn and a Mon well, Calamari bred. It's creepy. Well, they live on the same planet, don't they? Do they? Yeah. True. Yeah. Anyway, I was just the corn and the Mon Cal. Anyway, I know yeah. that Elo. Yeah, they live on the a... same planet. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so it, it could it could work. I was just sad because I know that Ella has <laughs> anyway. limited time, and I was hoping that we'd get a chance to to hang out with his character a little bit in this comic. That's all. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get Ella in something else. Probably. Yeah, he'll probably I come mean, in at some. 
since this is an ongoing, I'm sure he will appear at some point. Well, yeah, because I think actually out of the Black Squadron that's on the in this book, only Jess and Snapper and uh, well, and Poe obviously are in Force Awakens. Like I'm trying yeah. to remember, I don't, I don't think any of the others are. Nope. At least not that yeah. we see. Hopefully that means they don't die. Yeah, I hope not. But, I mean, I think it was in Before the Awakening as well, Kare got given, like, a different squadron as well. Like, her and Yolo, both. And so she's probably been picked out of that one. She goes back to that after. I hope. If she dies, I'm not going to be happy. You know who's going to die is Lulo, right? No. Like, that would just be so poetic because he was, like, such a advocate for... Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> he was like such an advocate for Poe's Poe's mom and Shattered Empire, like they were such good friends. Oh, I know. It, it would just make you know, it it make us all have feels if he then, you know, dies defending Poe Dameron. So tragic. Yeah. Love exactly. it. Yeah, I kinda want it now. Sorry, Lulo, you gotta go. Someone's gotta die and it's gonna be you. <laughs> um moving right along, after we meet the squadron, we get another really great Poe moment on the next page where we find out Adi's not going on the mis- mission and he has a sad about it. But <laughs> Poe is his typical positive Poe self and tells him he'll get his shot and says, with a little more training, you'll be right up there with us. One thing the Resistance needs, it's pilots. So even like with the technician who can't fly yet, he's just super positive all the time. Oh, Poe. Oh, why are you so perfect? Yeah, so good. Um, we also learn here, and I guess we maybe knew before this that Lulo fought at Endor. Is that true? We knew that already? Yeah, he's, yeah he was he's in, in Shattered Empire. Empire. Yeah. Did we know already that Snap fought on Jakku? No. no. So that's new. Um, yeah. I mean, well, we didn't like, you know, but you could have inferred it from the way that Aftermath ended, I feel like. Right. Yeah. For yeah. more, well, I mean, see Star also, Wars like, Aftermath Empire's End to be released January 2017. Probably. Yeah. Well, the fact that they also like that he was 16 during that fight. It's like, right? What He's, I want to know what caused it. <laughs> yeah, but also I hope Nora doesn't die there. Oh, but it was Star Stop Wars! It. If she does, no, Seth. I'm just saying that's yeah, what Star that's Wars does. Happen. They kill that's, the mothers. It's definitely gonna happen now, man. Yeah. Well, at least she'll go out fighting. Hopefully. Maybe anyway, we'll... now that now that we all have a sad Seth. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to see Sienna at Jakku. Uh, <laughs> feelings. Don't say this to me. Can you not? Ugh, it'll be, so it'll many just feels. be like one line, like an offhand line. Like, he looks up, a Star Destroyer falls out of the sky in the background. He goes back to fighting. <laughs> and you're like, no! Yep. Sienna, no! <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Back to the future, after we meet the squadron, um, Poe makes it out of that closing door just in time, and his X-Wing enters a large room with a giant glowing blue egg in the center of it. Because of course Um, it does. Of course it does. Obviously. Yep. So Poe calls Snap to tell him he found this little egg, and BB-8 looks into that signal he was trying to pick up before. And all of a sudden, Snap's connection with Poe is lost because, OMG, Poe's comlink was shot out of his hand by a group of locals that just appeared out of nowhere. Shady. <laughs> Pretty good sharpshooters, too. Right? Mm. Okay, and Although sorry, maybe, I'm going to... Maybe gonna... they weren't aiming for the comlink. <laughs> right. <laughs> In which case, they're really sharpshooters, I guess. No. I'm going to do the, the thing that I do again. So we've got five humans here. We've also looks like a guy a Trandoshan, and we have a guy that looks like the dude from Maz's castle that is a somewhat Ithorian. Mm-hmm. Whatever. The, yep. the, yeah. the Force Awakens era version of Ithorians. Like a half Ithorian a... cousin. Yeah. yeah. I would also like to point out that I'm in love with the lady, like, on the right yes! in the green. I, I love her. I don't know who she is. She doesn't have a name. She doesn't talk. She probably will never talk, but I love her. Yeah. <laughs> She's gonna die. Staff, same. <laughs> that's just your life Seth really I, like, I, like I always pick too. the ones that aren't anything like they're just background characters and I'm like I love you I love the, the like matriarch lady too I like her hair yeah yeah, she's good I like the fact they got the creepy eyes they're like just all black they're cool maybe they're joiners 
Kalex, Darkness, no? Okay, never mind. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so BB-8 is super adorable in all this and comes charging at the locals as if he's going to shock them. Um, but before anything can go down, Poe explains what they're there for, shows them the whole of Lor Santeca, and the leader recognize, recognizes him but says he left long ago and they don't know where he went. Um, she also tells Poe that this egg is our charge, our purpose, and our salvation. We protect and nurture it, and in return we bathe in its radiance. Its presence guides our lives. Someday the egg will hatch, and we or our descendants shall receive our re- reward for keeping it safe these many generations. We will not allow anyone to prevent that from happening. <laughs> and Okay. Poe delivers a classic Poe line. What's with the tone? I'm not here to hurt your egg. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I love Poe so much. He's so witty. All and... of the egg, all of the egg things in here were just. <laughs> yeah. I like your egg. <laughs> right. Um, the writer definitely just nailed Poe's wit. It's so good. It's uh, yes, Charles well, Sewell, isn't it? Charles Sewell, yeah, yeah. And he did he the Lando amazing. comic, which was yep. fantastic. Literally my favorite comics writer. Yes. So good. Um, So Poe tries to convince these folks that they have a responsibility to help the galaxy instead of staying secluded with their little egg when all of a sudden BB-8 figures out that the signal he was trying to track down was, OMG, a tracker that was on Poe's ship. That's not good. So at first, the locals think the tracker is a detonator and almost cause a scene, but Poe tells them that the tracker means that there are people on their way, a.k.a. the First Order, who aren't as nice as him, and, hey, we should all probably be BFFs and fight through this together. So Poe contacts the pilots on the surface to let them know about the tracker and uses his go-to line, we're going to have company, but LOL, JK, the First Order is already there. To be continued. Luke, we're going to have company! (laughs) So, discuss. What did you think? How is the art? How is the writing? How is the plot? How excited are you for issue two? So excited. Very excited. Yeah. I love the writing, but as I said, Charles Sewell is like my favorite comics yeah. writer, so I knew he was going to do well, but he very well captured Poe's voice, as well as yeah. making a really well-paced comic. Yep. Yes. I love the art, too. Um, like, I... Coming from a background of, like, Japanese art, a lot of American comics that I see just aren't my taste, like, in the art department. But the art in this, the coloring, um, as well as the characters, I think are just done so well. And they're not, like, too... Yeah, they're so lush, and they're not too stylized that, like, I can't get behind um, who they are. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought the art and writing were both wonderful. I thought... The plot was like super exciting and interesting, mm-hmm. especially with that mm-hmm. backstory with him and Leia on Dakar. Um, I honestly like can't imagine a better start to a comic about Poe. They they nailed him as a character in this. Yeah, I remember before it came out when like I heard it was Chasel and Phil Noto, I was like, that is like a dream team for me for a Star Wars comic. Yeah, exactly. And seeing that it's actually good is. Like, I mean, I knew it would be, but, like, actually reading it, I'm like, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted from them. Yep. I mean, they could have they could have done a comic book series about Ewoks, and with that team, I would have been like, yep, I'm on board. Like, where do I sign up? You yep. know? So the fact that it's about, you know, Poe, who I love, and, you know, someone that, like, I feel like we don't get to explore as much in um, some of the Star Wars media, just because, I mean, you know, obviously Rey's kind of got, like, her whole mystical, like, or a mysterious background thing. You know, Finn's kind of interesting because he's the Imperial Defector, but Poe's just, he's just this guy who's there trying to do the right thing, and he, you know, was raised by um, heroes of the Rebellion, and, you know, he keeps kind of taking their legacy on. So there's not, like, much, like, mystery to him, but Mm -hmm. I think it's fun to have a story that's focused on him because you don't have to, like, deal with that. You can just, like, do the fun adventure, do the, the fun little pulp story that Star Wars is known for. Yep. Agreed. We also took to Twitter to ask y'all what you thought about this issue. Austin, again, sent the Wayne Brady shaking and shouting yay gif. (laughs) 
excellent work, Austin. It's very, it's very easy to convey with your voice on air. Um, Matthew Appleby said, Poe's interaction with Leia and BB-8 was amazing. Poe's dialogue captured Oscar. And the BB-8 short, which we'll talk about in a second, cut right to my heart. Aww. David Taman said, Perpetually pleased with the pew-pew-pewing in pretty panels of Poe. <laughs> nice alliteration. Yeah, it's yeah, so I'm good. pleased with that alliteration. Pleased? Pleased. <laughs> <laughs> it's got added alliterative appeal. Yeah. Excellent work. Excellent work all around, everybody. <laughs> Remember, this is all just an undercover writing workshop, so. <laughs> right. This week's lesson, alliteration. Jay said, Poe is on point. Reminds me of the X-Wing comics. The pilots had personality and Poe himself written like he leapt off TFA. Yes, I am totally down for Poe being kind of like headlining a series of X-Wing style books. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, his Before the Awakening story already felt like that, so yep. more of that, please, in yes, all forms. Please. You are on the right podcast for that kind of opinion. Yeah. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're probably biased, but I think all of us here at Rogue Podron endorse that. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Mike Audette said, Poe Dameron can smooth talk me any day of the week. Mike, yep. that wasn't the question. <laughs> <laughs> but also, although, but although it I agree. The <laughs> I also agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I saw someone tweet at us. I apparently didn't copy paste it in here, and I forget who it was. So I'm sorry. I don't know who you are, but I remember you said that the comic kind of made you miss the old X-wing comics, which I've never read. And maybe if I had, I would feel the same way. But, um, I think it was Ian Miller who said that. Mm, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. fair. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, like, these comics end up kind of giving, giving you the same joy that those comics yeah. did. Yeah. 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 It is just one issue so far. So we'll see where it goes. But fortunately, it's ongoing. So lots to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And as an added bonus with this comic, we got a little BB-8 mini comic at the end which was just the most adorable thing. It had a very basic plot. Some dude resistance pilot is admiring a lady resistance pilot. BB-8 keeps causing mechanical mishaps on their ships. There's a little cameo by R2KT. After a few mishaps, BB-8 legit pushes the lady pilot, <laughs> so she falls into the arms of the dude pilot. Ah, oh, perfect. They get their little hard eyes and decide to go get something to eat together. And then the lady pilot quietly thanks BB-8. And this was Aww. so cute. Do we know if this is happening in every issue? Because I kind of need it to. This is oh like God, a Pixar short, right? Yes. It, yeah. It wrecks your heart a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But you want oh, more. I just so noticed good. that the title of that little comic is called Sabotage, but with two Bs, like BB. Oh, yep. my gosh. <laughs> so cute. Also, I'd so, like to point out, like, in this entire comic, like, including the mini-comic, there, like, all of the ladies aren't white. Mm-hmm. I'm down so with I'm that. So I'm glad yeah. that the, like, the ancillary stuff is at least making that effort, which is nice yep. to see. Yes. Hopefully that I can will, translate to the big screen. Yeah. I will say that as soon as I finished the mini-BB-8 comic, a part of me wished it had been two dude pilots. Oh, that yeah. Would, lady, that would have just been... Pilots? Either or. And one of the been... dude pilots was Poe. Yes. And the other was Finn. What? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So did we know this was happening or was this just like surprise? surprise. Mini BB yeah. Yeah. There was stuff beforehand that said that okay. we would get this. I didn't oh, know. I totally didn't know. Yeah. Me yeah. Either, they but... showed like a little preview of it. I think like the first page oh, or something potentially. I remember so I seeing it and be like, that's surprised cute. by it. Do you know if it's going to be a regular thing or if that was just like first issues? Here's a little extra. My thought is anything. that it was just an issue one thing. And yeah, I'm only yeah. saying that because this 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 little short ended up making it a bulkier issue. So it was this comic ended up being $5 instead of the usual four for a Marvel Star mm -hmm. Wars comic. And so my guess yeah. is that they don't want to keep putting out $5 comics on this because people will, you know, that dollar makes yeah. it be sense. angry. Yeah, so I assume that in order to get maximum poage, maybe they'll just do something like this, like once an arc. I would be okay with that. Yeah, it's kind of fun. That, I think once you. every issue, like I thought it was really cute. I loved it too. I think every single issue, it would maybe start to get a little old. 
but I think once a yeah. would definitely be kind of just a special little extra that would certainly make me smile. Yeah. Yep. I loved it. Cool. So that's it for Poe number one. Good. Good work, good. everyone. Good, good talk. Um, <laughs> so on to this week's discussion question. Which member of Rogue Squadron from either Rogue Squadron or Wedge's Gamble would you like to see interact with Poe? Hmm. I mean, I, I want to just say Lou Jane. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fine. She's in because Rogue I feel Squadron. like those two like could like because she's really she's really good hearted as well like him. So mm-hmm. I feel like they would be really good friends. You know, maybe Poe could have saved her. Yeah, maybe he could have. Are we all just going to answer this like we usually answer things? No, I oh. have a good one. I I because too. I'm going to say. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to say Gavin. Yeah. So... <laughs> okay, well, that would be so cute. Because I think Poe would re- do a really good job of boosting Gavin's confidence mm-hmm. and not treating him like he's some newbie kid who doesn't know what he's doing. Not that like Wedge does that or anything, but yep. I think with Poe's um, like giving and just really supportive nature, that would really be a positive environment for Gavin to like become a Rogan. Okay, Poe, my and what Poe Gavin as opposed to Corrin. And Poe's, like, really good at putting people at ease, I feel like. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. My answer is literally the same as yours, Meg. And it's based <laughs> it's based on his interaction with Adi, where he's like, yep. you, you'll get your shot, buddy. Like, he would just be saying those kinds of things to Gavin all the time. Right, exactly. I would like to see a conversation between Poe Dameron and Corrin Horn. Because <laughs> I think, I think Poe is kind of the anti-Corrin. Because... <laughs> they're both super cocky but like poe is really great like we'd had this was one of our discussion questions a while back like corin like has no self-awareness whereas poe obviously is the opposite of that and i just think it'd be really interesting to see that conversation and if corin was able to learn anything from poe probably not but i would I, at the very least we'd get to see poe roll his eyes a little bit at, at corin which would be great yeah <laughs> um you know she's not technically part of Rogue Squadron, but I would really love to see Mirax and Poe mm. hang out. Just because okay. I feel like they would be the best friends, like, ever, just besties, and they would hang out in the cantina, like, trading crazy flying stories, and drinking, you know, each other under the table, and just, like, BFFs. Mm-hmm. I think that, I want to see that. Yep. Agreed. So, send us your answers via Twitter, Oh yeah. email, whatever. So let's Revisit last week's question, which some of you sent in awesome answers to. We asked you, what kinds of trouble do you think the Papa Pal- I say, bah, 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 bah. the Papa <laughs> Palpatine counterinsurgency force is going to stir up? David Roy said, the Papa Palps will buy ad space in magazines and newspapers, but can't afford many letters, so it's all unintelligible abbreviations. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> that, that sounds like something lore would do. Yeah, that's totally character lore. <laughs> Yeah. Raising Fangirl said Papa Palpatine comes out with his own swimsuit calendar and ice art fanfic involving glistening pecs. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> could, Only could the happen. trashiest romance here on Rogue Padron. It could yeah. happen. And Ian Miller said Laura will hack the New Republic Museum holos with subliminal pics of Isard and Palpatine making out. Oh. <laughs> Wherever did that idea come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm, I'm vaguely uncomfortable, but just vaguely. Just vaguely. I'm so uncomfortable. So if you want to send us answers to this week's question, which is, again, which member of Rogue Squadron from either Rogue Squadron or which is Gamble, would you like to see interact with Poe? You can send them to us on Twitter, which is at Rogue Podron, or you can email them to us, roguepod at farfarawayradio.com. Our website is roguepodron.tumblr.com. And you can subscribe to us via Far Far Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, and Feedburner. And uh, if you, for some reason, think I'm interesting and want to follow me on inter- the internet, you can find me on Twitter at um, Sarah Demp, S-A-R-A-H-D-E-M-P. Um, and I also write for 1138 blog. A pretty good blog. It's a pretty good blog. I like to think it is. <laughs> they keep me around. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, we're on vacation next week, so you actually have to wait two weeks to hear our beautiful voices again. 
And so when we come back, we'll be starting with the first chapters of X-Wing the Kratos Trap. Keep your eyes peeled on our Twitter and our Tumblr for the chapter breakdown on each episode for Season 3 of Rogue Padron. And with that, this is Rogue Padron Squadron, whatever, (laughs) signing off. (laughs) It's only been two books. You still got time to figure it out. (laughs) Pasho. Pasho. (laughs) Pew, pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. Pew. Sarah, would you like to contribute some pews? Pew, pew, pew! Those nice. Were good. Those, were, Those good were good. Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. See you on yeah, the other side. Okay. Look at the notes, huh? Goodbye, yeah, look please. at the notes, Seth. <laughs> I put a lot of time into these notes. <laughs> I'm so glad you did. Was These are such thorough notes. I'm so happy. My Rogue Thank One trailer discussion see. feels kind of slim compared. To- <laughs> well, slender? Like Does it feel slender? It's a, it's a slender lady. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is like longer than mine. Yeah. But this comic was so short. <laughs> it's a 10 page comic Sorry. book. And he writes four pages. Oh, fandom. <laughs> Amazing. I'm so glad you did this. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so many balls. So many balls. <laughs> Can't start the episode without some balls. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We're so weird. That's why we Correct. love you. <laughs> Okay, pull it together, Heath. Yeah, get it together. Pull your sh- in a bag and get it together. <laughs> okay. Tonight. I spend on- all day. Danny. Danny. You sp- Go ahead, Danny. You might as yes, well finish I now. I want to know it's now. It's important. No, say it. Oh, it's not for I spend all day, every day with high schoolers now, and Rogue Pattern is starting to not feel any different. <laughs> yep. I mean, One I'm of these only days, like... it be like so many balls in the middle of a geometry lesson, and they're gonna be like, "What?" They're like, You'll "Oh, be the sorry, teacher, that's my other group You'll of high schooler teacher. friends." Right, they're gonna be like, "Mr. Purgle, how could you?" <laughs> I mean, I'm only like six years out of high school, so you know. Uh, it's my 10 year reunion this year I, <laughs> I had my 5 year back in December my 10 year was last year oh. my 5th well, year out of high school Saf, when did, are you still in high school? <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't no, made it to high school yet <laughs> oh, no wait, that's Geller that's, that's Geller, Geller. <laughs> yeah, he's like oh. okay, are you is there anything else you'd like to share with us, Danny? <laughs> he'll, he'll think of it in about 5 seconds <laughs> okay well, I'm, I'm recording. Okay. <laughs>